episode 19. Hi, I'm Stephanie Cicerelli, and you're listening to Vox Talk, the industry-leading voiceover podcast. We have Julie Williams, Adam Fox, and Bob and Beam on the show today, and I can't wait for you to hear their segments. But first, the news. The Loop, informing you of news and current voiceover events. Simpsons voice actor Harry Shearer, the voice of Ned Flanders and Mr. Burns, spoke at the University of California in Santa Barbara, sharing his thoughts about the U.S. government's current political policies. Also a part-time New Orleans resident, Harry hit on issues surrounding Hurricane Katrina, the war in Iraq, and national security, using his humor and his voice acting abilities to entertain the crowd as well as educate. To learn more about what was said, visit dailynexus.com. In memoriam, Walker Edmiston, an actor who is the voice of many cartoon and puppet characters, including Ernie the Keebler Elf in television commercials, has died of complications due to cancer. Walker voiced many different roles and performed over 20 years on a radio program called Adventures in Odyssey, produced by Focus on the Family. In spite of his illness, Walker continued to work up until January 2007, passing away on February 15th at the age of 81. For more details, visit latimes.com. To wrap up, there's a new voice acting chat group online at Yahoo Groups. Voice Actors United was founded by Jonathan Patrick Russell, owner and founder of Dream Realm Enterprises. The group launched on March 4th, has 38 members, and is growing hourly. If you're interested in joining, just go to groups.yahoo.com group slash voice actors united. The Biz, helping you grow your voiceover business. Today in The Biz, Julie Williams of voice-overs.com shares some very important information about marketing your talents as a business person. As voiceover talent, we all get work from our agents, but talent who sit back waiting for the phone to ring will be sorely disappointed, no matter how good they are. If people don't know about you, then it's very likely that another less talented person can get hired for a job simply because they market themselves and the client didn't know about you. So you need to do more than just wait for your agent to call. You need to put yourself out there. Now, I know I'm doing a certain amount of preaching to the choir here, given that you're probably a talent who has signed up on Voices.com. That's awesome. But don't stop there. Search the Internet for sites that advertise voiceovers. They often have a talent pool they choose from, and you can submit to get onto that. But be sure you check out their rates, um, because there are some that advertise commercials for $50. And unless you're a beginner, you're more valuable than that. So don't waste your time. It's been my experience that low-budget voiceover clients take forever to pay anyway, and that costs you a lot of time in collections. It's not worth it. Send out press releases. I sent one out to a local magazine and several other places, too, when I landed a segment that was going to air on HGTV and some infomercials that were airing on WE, Women's Entertainment Television, and the local magazine printed the story from the press release word for word. So gather information, starting with your local area, on magazines, newspapers, business journals, and regularly send them press releases. I usually email them or mail them with a hard copy and a CD with the press release in Word format and also a photo headshot on the CD. 
always make sure you include a photo because that can make a difference in whether you get in or not. Because pictures make their pages more interesting. Given a choice with limited space, your story with a picture will be chosen over one without. And don't fall into the trap of thinking, who cares that I got this job? The truth is people are fascinated by what we do and everyone wants to hear about the hometown talent who makes it big. Well, telling them about the big jobs you get feeds right into that. And often advertising agencies, talent agents and other clients see these stories and their perception of you puts you a step above your competition because you were good enough for the paper or magazine to write about you. Julie, that's great advice. You can never market your talents enough. Thanks for pointing that out. Tech Talk, walking you through the technological landscape. Adam Fox of DefiantDigital.com is back answering your questions in Tech Talk. Welcome to another edition of the podcast, folks, and of course to another edition of Tech Talk. Boy, so much has been going on lately in the Voices.com community. I'm just reading so much in the blogs about the uh, sense of community and comparisons between different voice casting agencies. And just before we get to the tech stuff, let me just weigh in on that real quick. I do really think that Voices.com cares. I mean, it's evidenced by these podcasts, right? It's a full-service company that really enjoys what they do. They really enjoy reaching out to the voiceover community, and they're trying to make it the best they can. So to you, Stephanie, and the gang at Voices.com, kudos to you. Now on to the tech talk. Boy, I've really been getting a lot of email, and I gotta tell you, I think I really hit a chord with this whole thing about demos. There must be a lot of people out there who have demos that really want to make them sound better. So I think I'm gonna pull a question this week, and it's regarding the uh, sonic changes that happen when you down-convert something from a WAV file to an MP3. So I had someone ask me, what happens when you down-convert that file? And let's face it, MP3s are a great way for us to be able to spread our auditions all over the planet, and it's, uh, it's really revolutionized the way that we do our business. Okay, so why do these MP3s sound so great? Well, without getting into all the technical mumbo-jumbo, boy, I like to use that term a lot, don't I? Well, without getting into all that, let's just say that there's a team of people that are constantly working on new and better ways to recompress data. Just like DVDs. Over the last few years, programmers have been able to compress that data down into smaller and smaller pieces of information, allowing them to put more on a DVD. Great for the entertainment experience, right? Well, it also works for audio. And in the business that we do, boy, that's a real boon to us because uh, it just makes it easier and easier for us to be able to send higher quality, better resolution auditions and demos all over the planet with smaller file sizes. So the point I'm trying to make here is they can be a wonderful, wonderful source of being able to uh, distribute your auditions. Uh, they still maintain a really high quality of resolution. However, there are some drawbacks. Now, you can have a near CD quality MP3, and when you're buying your tunes off, like, say, iTunes, when you burn those onto a CD, you barely even notice any change in resolution because of the technology that's in place. But what happens when we bring that into our own home studios and our professional studios that we're working with with voiceover? What happens when we're the ones that are actually producing the content and converting those files. Post-production people will spend all kinds of time reworking these files and making sure that those algorithms are tuned exactly perfect so that you never notice the difference when you burn it onto a CD. But what if you don't have the time? What if you're cranking out so many spots a day that you don't even have really the time except to set yourself a couple of preset compression algorithms and let them rip? Well, here's a real quick easy tool that I use. It helps me to prevent some of that signal loss that happens when you convert something from a WAV file to an MP3. Now, I know you've heard me talk about normalizing. As a matter of fact, in the three-part episode that I did on producing a spot, I took some time to mention that, you know, when you get your final product, sometimes it's a good idea to normalize after you've done your 
file compression. Well, I'm going to revisit this a little bit today. When you recompress that file, you're changing the amount of information that's stored, and therefore, you're cutting the resolution down ever so slightly. Now, if you have your standard 256K MP3, you're barely going to notice a difference. But a lot of audio servers, a lot of business posting servers, will want you to do something in 192K because their players are set up a little better for that. And, you know, there's certainly nothing wrong with that. But when you convert it to a 192K from, say, either a WAV file or maybe you've got to make multiple copies and you step it down. You go from your WAV file to your 256K MP3 and then just step that one right down to 192K. It's real easy to do with a save as command, right? Well, what I like to do with my MP3s, whether they're 256 or 192 or 128 or whatever they are, I like to run a normalizing pass on them. What that really does for me is I find it just kind of gives just a little something back to that MP3. And who knows, that might be the difference with making it stand out or not stand out against your competition. Normalizing is just basically analyzing the signal at the RMS and the peak value. Now RMS is root meter squared, which means it's basically about 75% of your peak value. And then of course where the uh, signal actually peaks, whether it's a uh, negative 2 dB or whether it's really nice and hot up at 0 dB. And basically what the normalizing does is it just gives that file back just a little bit that you may have lost by doing it uh, in a wave format or your final format for uh, your, your original piece, be it in a Pro Tools session or using the Sony Professional series, it really has a tendency to just kind of give just a little bit back to your signal. And you know, that might make all the difference between you getting the job and not getting the job. Well, folks, that's all for me today. You know, you can always hit me with questions at the Voices.com website at adamfox.voices.com, or you can contact me at my website at defiantdigital.com. Till then, folks, take care of yourselves. Bye for now. Adam, as always, you've produced a stellar piece full of heart. It's because of people like you, Julie, and other selfless contributors to the industry that our community continues to thrive. Kudos to you, too. Voxbox, answering your voiceover questions. For today's episode, I invited Bob and Beam of BobandBeam.com to prepare a short recording on the benefits of going to the voice conference. Bobbin is a career voice talent who also happens to be working at the voice conference in Las Vegas this month. Bobbin's thoughts may afford you the perspective you need to make your decision as to if you're going to attend. Here she is. If you've been procrastinating, I'll bet there may be all sorts of reasons keeping you from attending, like the expense. Well, you now have until midnight March 10th to save $100 and pay $497 for early bird registration. Of course, every expense associated with attending is deductible off your Schedule C at tax time. This is an event for voice actors of all skill levels. I'm a firm believer that you get out of something what you put into it. And even if you're a savvy pro that maybe can learn one new trick, technique, pearl of wisdom, idea, or meet one new person that'll help make your voice business more profitable, efficient, and last but certainly not least, actually the primary consideration, make your clients more successful. It'll be more than worth the cost in the long run. And you can check out your competition, knowing who they are, what they do, and how they do it is key to any successful business plan. You do have a business plan, don't you? A voice business is not unlike many other businesses, except most of us work alone. We'll have an opportunity to meet with our own kind. Whew, I can feel the creative energy already. Get out of your cubes. Hope to see you in Vegas, baby. 
Thank you, Bobbin, for sharing your point of view with us. If you have something you'd like to say in the VoxBox segment, whether it's feedback about the show or comments of another feather, send your MP3 file to be featured on the podcast by emailing media at voices.com. I'm your host, Stephanie Cicerelli. That's a wrap.